You are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. We really do. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Floats it. Your team. Oh, every day. Touchdown. You are locked on Packers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski. I cover the Packers for SB Nation and Packer Report. I cover the NFL around the internet. And you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet and the show for fans who know what happened. They want to know why and how. Today's episode is brought to you by Locked on Fantasy Football. Vinny Iyer of the Sporting News provides you the edge you need in your fantasy football leagues. Subscribe to Locked on Fantasy on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. We're going to talk about J.R. Alexander. And the ESPN rankings, as we have throughout the week. And I understand you might be annoyed, but it's it's an interesting conversation for a number of reasons. And it's something that I do want to talk about with respect to what we might see from, from Jair this year that, that could be different from other uh, uh, seasons that we've seen him under Mike Patton. Uh, also, the Packers open training camp July 28th, which means... Between now and then, 18 days until training camp opens. And I thought I would do one of those really cliche, really uh, uh, classic sports media things, which I generally try and avoid. But I kind of liked this idea. 18, you know, pick a number of a guy who was 18 and build a segment around him. Randall Cobb was 18. And this has been a conversation now basically since Randall Cobb left about who the slot receiver was going to be, what that role was going to look like, what that required, and who was going to take on that responsibility in 2021. There was a question last year. Who was that type? Now, I will continue to insist that this offense does not require a true Randall Cobb type, someone who's going to win those little choice routes and who, you know, from the slot who needs to be quick and shifty and do that stuff. It is a nice player to have. I'm not saying don't have that guy. I'm just saying the offense doesn't necessarily require it. And if you need someone to do some of that stuff, especially on third down, Devontae Adams can do it. And he is one of the best route runners on planet Earth, one of the best route runners we have ever had in the National Football League. And he has been a killer from the slot. He's been a killer from the outside. He's just a unbelievable receiver. He can do whatever you need him to do. The question is, what are these other guys going to provide you? And what I think is interesting is, so we've said that, Right, I've I've been consistent on that. And then they go out and they get Amari Rodgers. Now, I don't think he's only going to play in the slot. I think he's going to play outside. I I I think they think he can. Clemson certainly thought he could. And I think he's going to see some time in the backfield. I think he's going to play a little bit of everywhere. He's going to play some jet sweep uh, stuff. He's going to play in the in the from from the backfield. As a running back, I I wouldn't be surprised if they actually called run plays for him. We'll see end arounds with him. And then he's going to play outside. 
He got receiver reps in minicamp and OTAs because the regular group was not there in the optional camp. What I think they can do, though, is, is you know, this is a, a, an idea that has been out there a lot lately in the NFL, this idea of a power slot. Put Alan Lazard in the slot and let him work the middle of the field like a tight end. Put Devin Funches in the slot and let him work the middle of the field. Let him body up smaller corners who inevitably are going to play him. And what I think the Packers did particularly inventively at times last year, particularly when Alan Lazard was healthy early in the season, is they went to some of these three receiver looks where Marquez Valdez-Scantling was in the slot. And one of the reasons why they did that is they saw a ton of too high safety looks. But in most cases, it was not true to man. So you didn't have MBS against a corner. A lot of it was cover two or cover four, where in the slot, you've got the safety who's got to run with MVS depending on where he is on the field, especially if he's going deep. And for example, against the Vikings, they were able to hit some big plays doing that. And that is something that I think we will continue to see. That is the thing about this offense is there are so many different ways you can deploy your personnel that you can always put them in the best position to succeed as Matt LaFleur has done time and time and time again with these guys. And, you know, Amari Rogers being prime Randall Cobb. Yeah, that would be a big boost for this offense for sure. Even if he was... 57% of that guy because they don't have anyone with that skill set on this team. Not really. Rodgers could provide some of that, although he's not as he's not as as purely shifty as Randall Cobb was. Um, He's not quite as first step explosive as Randall Cobb was. And he doesn't have the deep speed that Randall Cobb does. But he can still do a lot of those things. He is a terrific route runner. Um, as I said, when when he was drafted, Sports Info and Solutions had him with the most unique routes in college football last year among this draft class. So he can do a lot of different kinds of things. And I expect the Packers to get him involved in a lot of different ways. The other thing, though, is back to this power slot idea. It doesn't always have to be a receiver. There were a lot of times last year when the Packers went to three wide sets where you had Big Bob Tunyon in the slot or you had Jay Sternberger in the slot. You can think of an offense this year where they go to 12 personnel. Josiah DeGuara is in the backfield as the fullback and they motion him out and he's a slot receiver now. Having those kinds of options makes your offense so multiple and so dangerous because defenses have to be ready to defend so many different ways that you can attack them. And you're not expecting, you know, a a, a tight end to be out there running the same concepts as a receiver, but in this offense, you might see that. You might see them call a play that they would normally run out of 11 personnel with three wide receivers on the field. They might run it from 12 
because they have tight ends who can run routes well enough to do it. You might see them run it from 21. And they put Aaron Jones in the slot. They put A.J. Dillon in the slot. And they run post-wheel with Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones. Or A.J. Dillon. And you got a wheel route. And you've got a linebacker or a safety trying to run with 240 pounds, 250 pounds of 4-5 flat speed and, and just big nasty power. That's a tall task. So... You know, I, I think part of uh, what is always funny about this stuff is I talk about this offense not not requiring Randall Cobb, and it gets it gets portrayed as though I just don't think they should ever like have someone who can do that stuff. No, that's not the deal. That's not the deal. Certainly, someone with that with that skill level, with that group of ta- uh, of of traits, Randall Cobb at his best. Even Randall Cobb not at his best. Randall, if they, if they could have Randall Cobb right now, it would bring a different skill set than they currently have. But it's not a necessity for this offense to be good. We saw it last year. I mean, I, 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 I hate to keep harping on it, but it's worth saying again, they were the best offense in the league. Aaron Rodgers was the MVP. And it was not all because he was so great. A lot of it had to do with how good this offense is designed and how well these players execute their roles. MBS is well-suited to the role that Matt LaFleur has given him, and he executes it. Same with Alan Lazard. Now, if Devin Funches can come in and outplay EQ, who has been disappointing relative to his talent, all the better. If you get something now from Josiah DeGuara, and he's you know he can stay on the field, all the better. If you can get something from Jay Sternberger, he can stay on the field. There's a lot of talent. There's a lot of talent and they don't need number 18. They don't need 2014 Randall Cobb for this all to come together. Now, of course, all of this is in the backdrop of what's going on with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, if if Jordan Love ends up being the quarterback of the Packers, you would much rather them have been more aggressive in targeting a receiver the last two years. And maybe you, you feel that way anyway. Now, they did draft Amari Rodgers in the third. Josh Myers probably going to be the opening day starter at center. So it's hard to argue with that one and hard to argue with a corner in the first round. So at a certain point, it's kind of like, well, you can't take everybody. And yes, you'd like someone who can catch it and go make a play. But back to the design of this offense, they create run-after-catch opportunities so the players don't have to. What makes someone like Debo Samuel so special or Brandon Ayuk is not only does the Kyle Shanahan offense make it so you have run after catch opportunities, but then once you're in the open field, now those guys who are run after catch players can really do their damage. And that's where I see someone like Amari Rogers being great because, you know, he, he may not be able to win as consistently with his route running uh, in the NFL as he was when asked to at Clemson. But, this offense is going to give him opportunities to just go make a play. And that is something that I do have confidence he can do. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs baseball, the NBA, uh, golf, fights, and look, uh, the NFL is going to be back before you know it. Plenty of things to bet on there before the next pitch. Head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great 
options that you have. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as team preps for their run to the playoffs in baseball and as teams like the Bucks try and win the NBA Finals. Head to the website or use your mobile device and sign up today to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code locked on. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. So, again, I don't want to harp on the list part of this. Jair Alexander ranked sixth by league people on ESPN's league survey. One of the quotes from an NFC coach was that Jerry Alexander was not as physical as he would like at the line of scrimmage. Laughable. Just laughable. Not only because, number one, Jerry Alexander almost never loses on the release at the line of scrimmage because he has such good feet. He is one of the most physical players pound for pound at any part of the field in football. To, to like to complain about, oh, he he's not as physical at the line is so dumb because, again, he doesn't lose releases. And for someone who's 5'10", 190, he tackles, he attacks blocks. I mean, if you run receiver screens to his side, you're just dumb. Like, I don't know that it's ever worked. And, and so I just, I don't understand those kinds of criticisms. Let, let's let's say this, though. The guys who are ahead of him on the list, with really the exception of Trey White, it's guys who play a little bit more man coverage. Jalen Ramsey played for the Rams last year. I'm going to get to Jalen in a second. Xavier Howard, man coverage. Stephon Gilmore, primary man coverage. And Marlon Humphrey in a scheme that relies on a lot on man coverage, and he plays in the slot and outside. Jair Alexander is a better zone corner. Some of this is going to be the like Josh Norman, Richard Sherman. He doesn't follow guys, and you know he plays more zone than these other top corners, and so he's not as impressive. By the way, the uh, the Bills play a bunch of zone with Trey White, and Jair was just objectively better than than White was last year. Although Trey White was awesome two years ago. So I understand to a point how this is all stand, you know, stacking up. The Ramsey example, though. Last year, the Rams played as much zone as, as any team in the league. And yet, they would do some things where Jalen Ramsey was following number one receivers, switching sides. And one of the reasons they can do that is because the way this defense works in a lot of cases, especially in, in trips and, and three-by-ones, you have the opportunity on the backside to play man. And, and that backside is often where you stick your best receiver and let him work one-on-one. -on -one. And then on the, on the three-receiver set, that's where you're trying to run picks and rubs and, and try and get to scheme up your lesser receivers to get them free. And there are ways that defenses can cheat and hedge and, and there are tendencies that, you know, teams don't throw to this player in the bunch or, you know, there are, there's a lot of different things that you can do to, to hedge. And the Rams did them last year. I wonder if we will see some of that with Joe Barry. And 
what I think is interesting is Matt LaFleur last year talked a lot about wanting to be more aggressive with coverages, wanting to play a little bit more man coverage, feeling like his defense could do it and wanting it to be dialed up a little bit more. In fact, that desire is what led to the unfortunate call at the end of the first half in the NFC Championship game where he he was asking for two man on the headset. It sounded like, you know, man free or something. I don't know. It sounded like he just wanted man. Uh, and somehow the play was to run, you know, Robert, you only have one safety back and it ends up being a touchdown. And, and the game was all but over after that Green Bay not able to come back. You know how that story went. But then Matt LaFleur hired Joe Barry. Joe Barry grew up in cover two. Heavy zone scheme. And just came from Brandon Staley. Heavy zone scheme. Now, it is a match zone. And so, you have a lot of opportunities for the corners, especially to play, you know, sort of de facto man, depending on on, uh, route concepts and formations and those kinds of things and, and the pattern matching that you can do, all that kind of stuff. But maybe if... Joe Barry empowers Jair Alexander to play like Jalen Ramsey did last year. We saw Jalen Ramsey in in Jacksonville. There were times when he was following number ones. And we've seen him do it in LA following, he followed Devontae Adams. The Packers use it to their advantage at the goal line by using jet motion to bring Devontae Adams across the formation and Ramsey couldn't get there in time. Mike Patton was always hesitant to do that. Because he felt like it gave away too much about what your coverage was doing. Well, this defense was designed last year to allow Ramsey to do that while still playing zone around. It's basically, you know, the the football version of a box and one. And again, part of that is by design. It's not just for Jalen Ramsey. But that you could put Jalen Ramsey, for example, on the backside of trips and just say, okay, that's the thing. And maybe with Jerry Alexander, you flip. For when teams want to do that, especially when it is their best receiver, because there were times when it felt like, okay, they're just going to put, especially for a team that has one clear cut number one, you know, the bears with Allen Robinson. Why is anyone but Jair Alexander on Allen Robinson's side, even if they're in a zone? Well, part of that is, you know, if they go tempo, you're not going to have time to, to always find him. And if you have to switch, that takes time. And you, you don't have to be predictable by, you know, the, the following necessarily. You know, we saw, we saw Chris Harris in Denver do some following with Vic Fangio. There, there are opportunities to do it. But it has to be done in a way that makes sense and, and doesn't make you predictable. If they're able to do that, and I think if J.R. Alexander is able to back up the season that he had this past season. Then it becomes no longer a question. And and look, Stephon Gilmore is getting up there in age. And, you know, Trey White was not nearly as good last year as he was the year before. So, you know, was the year before the aberration and maybe, you know, the 2020 version is closer to what he was and, and maybe the reverse is true for Jair. So I'm, I'm like not worried about the list so much as what it means for for his role. And if he is given more opportunities to follow receivers, to play more in man, 
maybe he'll start to get more of the recognition that he rightfully deserves because he was awesome last year. He was the number one cornerback by pro football focus grades last season. The number one. Think about whatever you want about PFF grades. I have always said they matter on the margins. If PFF thought you were the best player or the second best, third best player at your position, you probably were really good. And if PFF thought you sucked, then you probably weren't very good. I mean, that's the funny thing. And that, and that's also the funny thing about these surveys, right? Is you, you hear, you know, coaches say stupid stuff. I mean, they voted Devin White the number one linebacker in the league. He's not even the best linebacker on his own team. I mean, not even the best linebacker on his own team. So, and, and then like Patrick Queen gets honorable mention. Patrick Queen was bad last year. You just looked at the box score. Whoever voted for him just looked at the box score and saw a bunch of tackles and didn't see that the guy had no idea what he was doing in coverage, lost in run fits at times, and and I, I believe led the league in missed tackles. Now, I don't want to harp on it because it's become basically a bit. It seems like I'm protecting the Packers. I, I don't care about that part of it. The league gets this wrong. I mean, just look at the draft. Just look at free agency. We know the league gets this stuff wrong. You know, when we first started talking about this, I said, you know, the reason we were going to talk about it is because it gives us some baseline understanding of, of where the league thinks the roster is. Because the more players they put on these lists, the more respect the league has for the roster. And I think that helps inform us about, you know, where the roster is. Maybe I need to rethink that. Because <laughs> it doesn't seem like the league really, really gets it. Doesn't seem like the league really knows uh, some of this stuff. And and at the same time, you know, look, uh, they they study it. And it, it's their job to get this right. And it's also all anonymous. So who knows how much of this is just, I'm just going to talk some shit. And it is what it is. And, and I'm, I'm going to be amused when I see it in print. Maybe. It's possible. I don't know. All I know is there are not five cornerbacks better than Jair Alexander. And when they have Devontae Adams at like three or four, which I just know is going to happen. I just know it's going to happen. Um, we're probably going to be back. On this, on this show talking about how stupid it is. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. It's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. And right now for a limited time, you can snag their grasshopper cookie flavor. Truly the best protein bar I've ever eaten of any sort, of any variety, of any flavor. This thing is unbelievable. I was blown away the first time I had it. And I proceeded to devour the rest of the box. The best thing about Built Bars is not only are they delicious, but they are low in sugar, low in net carbs, high in protein, high in fiber. So you don't feel guilty about eating something that tastes like it should make you feel guilty. Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. Right now, go to built.com and use promo code LOCKS15 to get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKS15 for 15% off at built.com. 
If you missed our episode yesterday with Eddie McGilvra, Kenny Clark's trainer, go check that out. I would love for you to check out Locked On today. Our daily all sports podcast, getting you up to date on all the big stories you need to be as up to date on the whole sporting world as possible, not just keeping up with the Packers. We're going to be back tomorrow. Another mailbag show. Send me your questions. Send them to me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. Send them to the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Send them to me on Facebook if you'd like. And Anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that. But also, send me your questions. Send me your voicemails for our Friday podcast uh, on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers.